audio grabbing. It's all going to a good cause. So it is currently 12.20 a.m. Uh, we're fresh into Monday here. I finally got a chance to uh, sit down, process the evening's events, and I must say it was a success. And welcome to another episode of The Bike Shop Boyfriend. This is going to be episode 30. And here we go. So as you heard from the raw audio, um, it was a raucous affair. Um, it was fairly loud. It was not, I'm not going to say impossible to have uh, discussions with anyone at the event, but uh, I will say that my man Paul did a spectacular job emceeing the evening, um, being on the microphone, asking me to come up. I felt like I was, uh, there was a moment where I was a little deer in the headlights, but that's due to personal reasons that I won't be putting on the podcast here. Um, it's more of an inside joke to those that need to know, but besides that, it's, um, you know what? I'll just say what the reasoning was. Uh, my ex-girlfriend actually is the sous chef for the venue that I work at, or that was, I don't work there. Um, she works at that event and, uh, at the restaurant and so, or the brew pub, I should even be saying, see, it still even has me flummoxed. Um, there you go. So you see that person that you, it's one of the more recent breakups kind of thing it happened a year ago whatever but i haven't really seen her since so it was just one of those hi how you doing moments not terribly awkward but still you know kind of sets you off uh gets you off your game here so if this episode's a little bit wonky that's the reasoning why but i'm gonna digress and actually get to the meat of the episode cops for kids had a great fundraiser um it there was so many tickets for the prizes um, as well as the silent auction on the Jersey giveaway. Um, they raised a heck of a lot of funds. I'm really stoked for the success of a first time event like this that Costa Kids has done. Um, I'm even more stoked that uh, Michael Rusty Woods, Catherine Pendrell, Leah Kirchman, Phil Guyman, um, Jeremy Powers, 
uh, Mark McConnell, aka Hot Sauce Cycling, and um, many other very generous athletes donated uh, memorabilia from their personal team kit to this event to auction off for a great cause. Um, I just want those athletes to know that Cops for Kids Winnipeg did a tremendous job representing you guys and doing you proud. So there you go. Um, I think that's going to actually wrap it up for this particular section of the episode. But having said that, uh, again, thank you to my man Paul for putting on such a great event. You did so well. I'm super proud of you for how it all came together. Um, Also, a shout out to One Great City Brew Pub here locally for hosting it. And uh, also to everyone who came out to check out uh, the event and support such a great cause. Again, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm not going to lie, I'm actually, uh, for this next segment, very much in the uh, downward trajectory of energy for uh, doing the podcast at the moment. Um, It is actually, I'm normally sleeping by this time uh, in the morning, so... I will be uh, maybe slowly stalling out in terms of energy output for these segments, but bear with me. It's going to be worth it, I assure you. Um, So I'm going to be traveling actually to Quebec City midweek, and um, I'm actually kind of, I'm not excited. I won't even say that's the word adjective that is coming to mind at the moment, Um, what I am is uh, somewhat leery of a lot of stuff going on. The Cops for Kids uh, fundraiser, even though I had a very small, 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 small uh, part helping um, promote it mostly in that capacity. Um, there's like there's many other projects that I have on the go that need to be addressed before I take off. A few of them are. Uh, fittings bike fittings that i have and consultations that i have um other ones are um packing for travel it is going to be an early morning flight and also um my own personal uh getting my 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 poop slash shit together um before leaving i'm packing my bag etc reminds me i gotta find that bag anyways um but there's these weird things that I'm noticing uh, in my daily that is uh, I'm, I'm running out of coffee here. And normally I'm making these podcast episodes with coffee. And because I will be traveling and not enjoying said coffee in my living space, um, I'll be on the road. It wasn't it didn't make much sense practically to uh, purchase some coffee. And I was going to freeze it, but I, I do enjoy like getting my coffee nice and fresh, uh, grinding it, etc., and brewing a cup. With that being said, I won't be doing it. Um, and I didn't purchase some beans for the coming week. So I feel like I'm going to be uh, a hard man pressed with first world problems here of not having great coffee for the time being. Um, so yeah, I just want you to know that my, my struggle is real. Uh, <laughs> but beyond that, actually, uh, just due to the recent uh, spring busyness going on, Um, I've actually had a lack of training um, just due to all these commitments. And it's been very reassuring that um, being busy is good, but I do miss actually getting on my bike. And with the weather actually now faring to be uh, becoming more fair, I should be saying, it's 
more motivating to get outside however it's not terribly the best for the type of bike i have again i have a race bike i'm not wanting it to ride it when there's uh ice hidden by melting puddles um and those puddles are also hiding potholes uh it's very easy to catch a wheel go over your handlebars injure yourself and there goes a whole season um not that i'm trying to promote fear in cycling it's just that's a reality for the infrastructure that i live in probably it's something similar to you when you get into the shoulder seasons of your riding or off season depending on where you're listening this to uh hi to any australian listeners that are out there um yeah i just that was uh, a big thing that i've noticed uh recently that it's been almost two weeks since i was last on my bike uh getting a good training workout in and time is wasting before we go to uh the badlands to actually go hammer it up so with that being said i will be uh doing other types of activity push-ups body balance uh body weight exercises and such just to sort of make up for what i'm missing out on cardio wise but some of these projects that actually and commitments that have come up uh are bike shop related and those are really good because it's been some uh, last minute fittings and micro adjustments and it sort of goes back to my ethos of uh and you you'll probably hear this from other folks as well uh gary vaynerchuk is actually a great uh podcast to sort of get motivated by but he often will say uh you do the right thing or sorry, doing the right thing is always the right thing. I couldn't agree more. Um, there's been certain situations in the bike shop where um, doing the right thing by the customer is actually doing the right thing by the store, even though we might not be making money uh, in the short term, uh, meaning that particular day. I feel like in the long term, one, that customer might be buying more stuff in the future rather than turning them off. Uh, from a particular purchase or dissatisfactory experience uh, in customer service. Um, It's all about the long game and playing the macro. But yes, we need to keep the lights on and such during the micro times too, obviously. So um, there's always this fine balance and sometimes I have to, uh, I feel like I have to just go what my gut feels of doing the right customer service, hospitality type feel to it. So yeah, being available for certain folks to uh, come in, get a micro adjustment to their existing fitting. Uh, It's usually not a big deal. It's maybe 20 minutes to 40 minutes, depending on uh, the severity of the adjustment. Um, But sometimes it's even new riders, which is even more exciting. Um, This past week, I helped a young rider who's getting into road cycling. His name's Ethan. Uh, he's already got himself a dirt jumper. He's got himself a spectacular mountain bike. He's more of a, um, you can definitely tell he gets more excited about off-road stuff than he would about road cycling. However, uh, the cardio gains are to be made in road cycling to a large extent for him. So he's going to be giving that a try. He did pick up uh, a former uh, semi-pro athlete's uh, bike and uh, I did fit it to him for how it's fitting right now he's gonna be my guess uh just due to his height for his age um his parents mentioning that he eats all the time uh he's 13 years old and i feel like he's gonna be hitting a bit of a growth spurt this summer so with that being said i feel like these 
the bike position that he's in now is actually going to adapt. Uh, his body is going to adapt to where the bike is. Um, it's a little bit long in the reach, just on my personal notes of this one. But uh, I think he's going to be quite all right and quite happy with uh, road cycling this upcoming year. So shout out to my man, Ethan. Uh, you got yourself a sweet bike, and I'm very stoked for you there, bud. Um, and last of these projects is a special Pinarello project. Uh, it's an F10 Dogma disc. Now, um, I have to give credit where credit is due. Um, I guess I was working with the customer in the initial setup of the bike and purchasing and selecting and such. Um, but I have to give a shout out to my man, Alex, uh, Katie, who goes by Catherine from time to time, as well as my man, Rudy. Um, together as a team, they really knocked it out of the park uh, in terms of getting a customer exactly what they wanted, how they wanted it, and uh, giving a customer like the most I almost want to say luxury experience that they could have and with the bike with a price tag the way it does uh, this particular one it is well worth it and I couldn't be more happy with my uh, with my staff team so um, yeah I think that's what's been keeping me busy these past uh, little bits um, busy in a good way I'm really happy with the strides and the projects coming to an end and closing out uh, you'll see on Instagram uh, photos of this particular Panarello. Um, it's a beautiful bike, and there's a lot of interesting engineering going into it. So check it out. Uh, you can always hit me up, uh, Dustin, D-U-S-T-I-N-W-H-T. Uh, it's also my Twitter handle, so if you ever want to give me a shout, that's cool too. But uh, the photos in question for the Pinarello are actually on that Instagram account, so check it out. So also what's been keeping me busy is uh, actually interacting with real people from social media in a physical space. Um, what I mean by that is uh, I've actually had the f very good fortune to just reach out to uh, an existing magazine publication called Far Ride Magazine. Um, and it actually was featuring two riders that were actually, I'm, I'm saying actually a lot, um, that were riding from uh, west to east Canada and they were doing the Trans-Canada Highway. Um, in March, it's maybe advisable that's not the best idea. However, the photos that are coming out of that particular Instagram account are bar none some of the most beautiful shots I've seen taken uh, from a bike um, and of riding uh, the Trans-Canada. Uh, winter riding is not terribly advisable uh they often shut down certain passes in the rockies which is the west coast uh area of or the western part of canada and uh fortunate enough that the two riders calum and sogan um both cleared it and they made it into the prairies uh and they quickly realized how vast the prairies themselves are uh, it was very cool to hear insights from both of the riders, uh, and it was even more remarkable to uh, host them briefly for an afternoon uh, coming into the bike shop, and we got to actually check out their particular bikes. Uh, 3T, uh, the bike brand, has created the 3T Strata, and these are one-by only bikes. Um, they're actually race bikes that fit a 28C tire, they're disc brake, 
um, and they actually have no spot available for a front derailleur, so you have to run it as a one-by. They're very uniquely engineered uh, in terms of there's a lot that I like in the bike. Personally, I would, I'm a huge fan of external bottom brackets, even though I don't have one on any of my existing bikes except for my track bike. Anyways, um, that's one of those things that I would like to see in that particular frame. Um, but the fact that it's press fit bearings is totally okay too. Um, however, that the fellas were riding uh, the entire width of Canada for the most part, They're, they were going to be stopping in uh, their, their trip concludes in new brunswick by the way um sogun is riding calum home and calum's a native of new brunswick and so they're headed out east uh last i checked they were still in the canadian shield making their way to the maritimes um but it was very cool to actually meet people that i've been just chatting with uh online for the most part and through social instagram direct messaging and all this um coordinating timetables and schedules Finally meeting him in the flesh, shaking a hand and uh, talking shop and showing them around the shop for the most part. So it was super, super cool. Um, and I can't stress enough, you have to check out uh, Far Ride Magazine. Uh, their Instagram account is absolutely gorgeous. And the publication, I've yet to get my hands on it. I will be ordering a copy uh, and also some back issue copies. Um absolutely stunning photos and reportage of riding and it really motivates you to just get out and explore uh, the world that we live in on two wheels if you can so um, that's sort of my aspirational moment of the day also if you do want to see these photos uh, and you want to see them a little quicker and you don't want to go through the far ride magazine account etc check out hashtag far ride trans can um, again that's far ride trans can uh, hashtag just to edit and see all the photos that they're posting up. They are truly spectacular. Great sort of insight in the diary behind the scenes for what they're doing. Um, yeah, it was a pleasure meeting you two fellas. Hopefully we get a chance to see you back here in the prairies, maybe for a bit of a gravel ride. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just putting it out there. It's, it's late. I can come up with these weird ideas. So, uh, I'm joking, but seriously, we'll probably have a gravel ride and definitely invite them to come out and check it out. So stay tuned more for that. Uh, I am hoping actually to get Calum on the podcast here in the future, very near future, hopefully, uh, possibly by the end of April. That's sort of, I think the time that we're sort of sketching it out for, um, and hopefully that all goes to plan. So fingers crossed on that one. Um, I'm hoping to actually have quite a few guests and in collaborations actually on these episodes. So uh, once again, check out Far Ride Magazine. Again, thank you to Far Ride Magazine for uh, coming to Winnipeg and visiting our shop. It was truly an honor and a pleasure to meet you guys. And hopefully your uh, legs hold up all the way to, uh, to New Brunswick there. So good on you. Cheers. So the last segment of the Bike Shop Boyfriend podcast, episode 30, is something that's been on my mind for just a little bit, and I think I'm finally putting it together in terms of uh, articulated thought. Um, it's going to be supply chains, and uh, I've recently noticed that some of the bike brands that we carry in the shop and ones that we don't, um, and this is probably just me on an external side seeing what other shops are able to do um supply chains for like a lot of the component manufacturers 
there's a weird sort of phenomenon going on here where they're launching product before they actually even have it in stock if that makes sense so it's advertising and putting it on for sale however you won't get your hands on it for a few months because there's just not enough product there to be shipped um obviously this makes it kind of well my life and our lives in a bike shop uh, a little bit of an inconvenience in many regards um this is actually going back to the previous segments where I was mentioning uh, the special Pinarello project. Um, there's actually four of these uh, Pinarellos on the go, and each one of them has their own particular uh, shopping list of uh, wants and uh, what's actually going to be going on these bikes. Um, some of them, and I'm going to, there's only so many manufacturers to, to name. So uh, Shimano actually had. Uh, partial launching of some of their uh, latest Dura-Ace lineup and a big problem of this was the wheel set and the wheel set is actually still not even due until April however it is being shipped onto uh, stock bikes that are coming from a lot of these brands however due to the nature of uh, the way we receive Pinarellos uh, here in Canada, it is a frame set and then you sort of customize how you want to put the bike together. So then you have to, you get to choose which groups that you would like, uh, which trim, uh, meaning cockpit, saddle, uh, all that good stuff, including wheels. So it was a bit of a chore for uh, us to get our hands on these uh, latest Dura-Ace disc brake wheels, as well as some of the other smaller bits and pieces. And I just want to say, I have to give kudos to uh, certain brands actually in fact for advertising a bike and actually having it in stock when they do um, and that's going to be Norco as well as Trek uh, for actually having that stock already in line for us to order and uh, it's actually available before it even launches however just due to media embargoes uh, in the bike shop we can't tell you that we can sell you that bike um, however Maybe if you come and talk to me, I can maybe sell you a book. I don't know. Wink, wink. Um, but having said that, it's just one of those things that uh, having stock before we are allowed to sell it, um, it just makes our lives so, so much easier. Um, I can tell you from a uh, organizational standpoint, uh, we actually put in a lot of our booking orders uh, a year prior to when um, they're going to be arrived as well as sold in some cases uh, for instance uh, fat bikes which is a very much a winter activity here in uh, Winnipeg Manitoba and it's um, one of those things that Norco and Trek actually sell very very few of and because of that we have to put in our orders so that way they know how much they need to make and they don't want to run for overstock and uh, be hanging on to product that they might not be able to sell. So with that being said, we are pretty uh, adamant about getting uh, a certain number of these bikes uh, in our possession so that way we can sell them to the public. But um, this past year, there was they made less bikes than they intended to and we didn't receive quite as many. And we actually went through so many of our bikes, uh, fat bikes in our case, that we had to outsource it to or we had to take on another bike brand to sort of fill in that gap and uh yeah it just 
kind of made things a bit more complicated for us. Uh, the season was still going and we sold out of product. It's one of those good problems to have, however. Um, but when the market actually wants that particular product and you're trying to supply and give them an alternative, you're kind of... Uh, you're kind of vulnerable in the sale aspect of things because it's not necessarily what people want anymore. So with that being said, Norco and Trek Bicycle, they're doing phenomenal work uh, making sure that us bike uh, brick and mortar retailers actually have uh, our, we're able to get our hands on some of the stock. Now I will say Giant in the past has been really good, um, but for whatever reason, I feel that the distribution is... uh, maybe not being communicated well enough uh, in some cases. Um, And that's not a slight, it's just a comment actually. Um, Giant is still like a great brand to actually call up and work with. It's just, I've noticed that uh, from my time in the shop the past couple years, um, there's like bikes being offered and yet we put in an order for it and then all of a sudden it becomes backordered and we don't know when it's actually supposed to arrive and then time of arrival, etc., etc. It becomes a bit of a song and dance trying to tell it to a customer and sometimes that we can lose a sale on that and then Giant loses money too, right? So that sort of is how it goes. Um, so I just wanted to get that off my chest and sort of vent that thought out. Um, I don't see it there actually being a solution. I just see it as like a possible best business practice to uh, just make sure that if you are going to be advertising, launching a, a new product, just have it in stock before you even decide to launch it. Um, Apple sort of realized this a long time ago when they started releasing iPhones, and it is sort of their business model when it does come to launch. Um, don't talk about it like that you're going to sell it uh, unless you don't actually have the product to sell. So they're probably going to, uh, and I think Giant's actually going to up their game too in the coming months and years um, when it comes to these launches. In fact, you're kind of seeing it now with uh, trade shows that bike brands are just not attending as much. And whenever they are releasing a product, um, they're doing their own launch and not really relying on trade shows to uh, distribute the information and the hype of that launch. Um, they're doing it more one-on-one with bike reviewer uh, agencies like Bike Radar, uh, Cycling Tips, Velo News, all the go-to people, um, the Radivist, you name them. Um, yeah, they're kind of doing it on their own terms and sort of controlling the message I would say in that regard but uh, they would also often have uh, product to actually distribute at that time as well so for what it's worth um, I just want to say like I just want bike brands to sort of get their uh, act together a little bit and just make sure you have product to launch when you're a debuting a new product uh there's nothing worse than creating a demand and actually having no uh product to capitalize on uh everyone kind of loses uh the brand can sometimes lose face the customer can lose faith in that brand um and brand is really just reputation in the end if you think about it so if that's the case um it sort of makes a disparaging relationship going forward so um you have to kind of give kudos to SRAM when they release uh, a new uh, group set. They often have it 
in store within weeks of uh, debuting it officially. So kudos to them. Um, And with that being said, that's going to conclude episode 30 of the Bike Shop Boyfriend podcast. Um, If you have any, I want to give a huge shout out and thank you to everyone who is listening on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and of course, the OG itself, Anchor.fm. Um, I couldn't do this without uh, hearing comments. The uh, the applause button on the Anchor.fm button, uh, or sorry, app, I should say. The reviews that I'm reading on iTunes and Google Play, thank you so much. Uh, those who are coming up to me uh, in person, in fact, a few of you, um, shaking my hand and saying, hey, big bike shop boyfriend, pleased to meet you. It's kind of making me blush just a little bit. Um, even if my skin doesn't change color, I am. And uh, yeah, I just want to say thank you so much for listening. I do hope you enjoy these episodes. If you have any questions, comments, or topics you want me to sort of cover, hit me up uh, at DustinWHT. Um, that's my Twitter handle as well as my Instagram handle. Again, that's going to be DustinWHT. I'm always happy to, happy to hear from you. I would love to hear from you still uh if you've already commented feel free to keep commenting uh it's a great conversation to have with all of you um so until then enjoy uh big week coming up uh some of the podcast is going to be coming from a different location so stay tuned for that uh hopefully you all have a great week and we'll hear from you soon cheers peace